Chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 is our text, and it's in it is what we often call a list of heroes, heroes of the faith, and it's a record of people who lived by faith. And we learned a couple things going, starting in it. Number one, he said the just, or people who believe, uh, shall live by faith. Right? So this is not an option in case you want to try it. Right? This is something you're supposed to be a way of life. It's faith is a way of living. It's a way of living your life. And then uh, last week, Levi talked about Enoch, and he said, without faith, if you don't have faith, he says you can't Please God. Now that's an important statement. If you don't have faith, God's not going to be pleased with your life, with the things you do, with the things you, the way you act. God's not pleased with it. So this is not an option. You say, well, I'm one of those guys who just goes along. No, 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 no. If you're going to live Christian life, you've got to have faith, and it's got to take place. And so we, through this passage, we have uh, people who lived by faith. And we have today in verse number 7. All right, Hebrews chapter 11, verse no, number 7. By faith, Noah, and he's our man for today. He's the one that's helping us to understand what faith is and how it operates by the way he lived. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world, became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So Noah, there's a whole list of things that he did. Uh, he says Noah was warned. All right. He was warned of God. All right. And, and it says that he... Uh, prepared an ark. All right, he built the ark, and he was afraid. He was afraid. It's part of what he did. Was true of him, and uh, <clears throat> he condemned the world. Condemned the world. And it was all by faith. So how does faith work? Right in the beginning, in verse number one, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So he said, things that are hoped are in the future. And we say, God tells us what's in the future. And we say, I own it. I believe it. I own it now. I believe God, so I own it now. So let's see what Noah did, what happened to him, and uh, see why we can figure out. This is kind of an extraordinary example. <clears throat> Genesis chapter number 6. Go back to Genesis chapter number 6. Let's think about what happened to Noah. Genesis chapter number 6, I'm looking at verse number 13. And God said to Noah, 
The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Well, that's a pretty uh, strong statement, isn't it? I'm going to kill everybody on earth. <laughs> what do you think of that? All right. That's a pretty powerful statement. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall thou make in the ark. Shall pitch it within and without with pitch. This is a fashion you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Breadth of it 50 cubits. The height of it 30 cubits. A window shall thou make to the ark. And a cubit shall thou finish above it. And the door of the ark shall thou set in the side thereof. With lower second and third stories shall thou make it. And behold I even I do bring a flood of waters upon the earth. To destroy all flesh. Wherein there is breath of life under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Anybody been to the ark experience down? Oh, several of you. Uh, I know the dimensions because he just gave us dimensions here. I know the dimensions of the ark, and you know when you change those cubits over into feet, how big the thing is. Doesn't matter what you know, you stand inside that thing and you say, oh my goodness. Look at this thing. It's huge. It's magnificent when you look at it. Now, they don't know that it's exactly built the way that they have it, and they'll tell you that. But the size, the dimensions of it are, are there. And when you get inside it, I think, my goodness, this thing is massive. I can't even imagine how big this thing is when you stand inside of it and you just get a very small feeling. They have an elevator, as a matter of fact, if you want to take it up to the top floor. <laughs> I don't think Noah had one, okay? But they have an elevator. You can go up to the top if you're too old to walk up all the ramps and everything. But it's a fantastic sight. And, but God said, I'm going to destroy the earth. That's the warning. And I'm going to do it with water. I'm going to destroy the earth with water. Right? So it says Noah had faith. He believed that that was possible. Now that is a huge, huge bit of faith. And there's a reason for it. If you look back in uh, Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, Genesis 2 is explaining how God created the earth and how he made the earth work and what his plans were when he created the earth. And we look at Genesis chapter 2 and we look at, uh, let's see, verse number 4. These are the generations of the heaven of the earth when they were created in a day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. This is how it works, he says. Every plant of the field before it was in the earth, every herb of the field before it grew. All right, so everything was plants all over, all over the world. They didn't all, God didn't plant a million seeds or a hundred billion, trillion, zillion seeds, and they slowly grew. They were just plants. He made it, so there they are. There's a full-grown tree. There's full-grown grapevines, whatever it is. He just made it happen. All right, and the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. 
And so in the beginning, when God created the world, uh, there was no such thing as rain. <coughs> All right? Didn't rain. And so what it did, of course, and you've seen mist uh, in the evening, and coolness it, it would create uh, moisture in the air. And when you go out in the morning, everything is covered with dew. And you've seen mornings when it's just soaking wet out there. Right, well, that's how God watered all the plants that he planted everywhere. He created an atmosphere, and the atmosphere was what most people would call tropical. Right? And the, the world was much more tropical than it is today. Right? And so it was hot, warm, humid climate, and there was plenty of mist coming up, and then, of course, as the air cools, it drops it down into dew. And so God didn't make it rain, so it never rained. So God says to Noah, I'm going to flood the whole world. How are you going to do that? I'm going to have it rain. What's that? <laughs> you don't know what rain is. never seen it rain, right? Well, it's going to fall out of the sky. Well, it kind of comes down every morning, but it's just dew. And he said, no, we're going to make it come down like you have never imagined before. So he asked him to believe something, number one, that he's never seen. Never seen that before. He hasn't seen rain before. And it's going to rain so much that everybody's going to drown. Well, if it rains, you know, I can always go up the mountain. No, everybody's going to drown. Well, that mountain's pretty high. Yeah, and everybody's going to drown. Everybody. You can't conceive of it and believe it in your mind that that could happen. And I tell you what, right now, people like you and me still can't conceive of it. We still can't conceive in our minds that it rained in such a way so as to cover every inch of space on the ground till everything drowned. You couldn't get high enough to get up out of, into safety. So that was a pretty amazing thing to believe. And so Noah has this job. He said, I want you to build an ark. Well, what's that for? Well, it's a boat. Well, we don't know what boats are. <laughs> it's going to float on the water. I'll tell you what, when I saw the size of that ark, I'd have said, Noah's got a lot of faith if he thinks this thing is going to float. This thing is huge. You ever see really big boats? You know, big ships maybe up on the locks along the lake or something. You see these huge boats and you say, how the world does that thing float? And he's making an ark. You can put this building several times inside of it. Easy. All right? Easy. No problem. How is this going to float? <laughs> Your mind can't conceive of it. And today our minds can't conceive of it either. Now Genesis chapter 7 we get some of the reasons why 
verse 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day where all the fountains of the deep broken up and the windows of heaven were open, and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Now, the explanation of that is, goes way beyond rain. Okay, he said the fountains of the deep opened up, or that under the ground, under the oceans, if you will, there were caverns where water ran under the ground, all right? And he said those somehow got pressurized. I mean, really pressurized. And the water blew out of these underground caverns in the bottom of the ocean and blew into the sky. And so, when the first one went off and probably all over the earth in the oceans, these things happened. So there's a tidal wave created here and there and there and there and there. And the tidal waves come crashing in across the ocean. And into the air goes millions and billions and billions of gallons of water goes bursting up into the air, drops the temperature precipitously, or it just goes from whatever it was, 80 degrees, probably down almost below freezing because the sun is entirely blocked out by the amount of water that's in the air. So tidal waves are coming across. I mean, we got evidence now that that's what happened in America. And the tidal wave came out of the Atlantic Ocean and took all the way across the continent until it hit the Rocky Mountains. Because on this side of the Rocky Mountains, there's coal beds that they found that are five and six foot deep. Coal beds this deep. Usually coal beds are this deep. Go to Pennsylvania, you get these little veins of coal, all right, where plant life settled and got squished and became coal. Out there, it's, it's this deep. Coal veins that deep. And then we figure that what happened was a tidal wave came over the American continent, went all the way to the Rockies. When it got to the Rockies, water built up and built up and built up until one of the mountains just burst from the pressure and created the Grand Canyon. A couple days, a couple days, whoosh, there goes water rushing through, cutting through the rock all the way down to the Grand Canyon. When they tell you it was, it was millions and millions of years, no, it wasn't. It was a couple of days. <laughs> and they explain a little bit. But here's something that's incredible to believe. Now he says everybody on earth is going to die. Noah, I'm telling you, everybody on earth is going to die. So what is Noah going to do? Well, let's take a look over in Second Peter. Second Peter, towards the end of your Bible. Second Peter chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. And God spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And so we add to what Noah did that he was a preacher. He was preaching what was right. 
And so what's his message? God said, you're all going to die. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm building this bolt so I can survive. Mm-hmm. How's this going to happen? It's going to rain. And what's that? Come on, Noah. He's some kind of kook over there. And Noah said, I'm telling you, God told me it's going to happen. No, it's not. And so Jesus actually comments on their attitude, Matthew 24. And this became the attitude of the people who lived in Noah's time. Matthew chapter 24, verse number 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and knew not until the flood came, took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. We figure it took Noah a hundred years, a hundred years to build the ark. So he preached for a hundred years, you're going to die by water. You're going to all be drowned. And Jesus said, they just sat down and ate their meals. They got married and they lived their lives. And he said, it's not logical. Well, it's going to come in the future. A hundred years from now, it's going to come. And eventually he's going to say, time's getting short. <laughs> come on, Noah. Noah, you're kind of a kook. And we're going to use our lives why we see fit. And we're not going to listen to what you claim God said. We're not going to do that. It's pretty ridiculous, Noah, after all. I mean, I'm living here, and those people were living to be 900 years old, 800, 700, 600 years old. They were living long lives. And they said, we've been alive for 600 years and nothing's happened. This world is just fine and it's not going to change. All right. So Noah said, yes, it will. And he said, by faith, Noah condemned the world. But first of all, he was afraid. And what made him afraid? Well, everybody's going to drown. It's going to be a horrible thing. Every human on the world, except for the people in the ark, are all going to drown. We, he knew these people. He walked among them. He, I'm sure he purchased their grain. And he bought their lumber. And he did whatever he could do to build this phenomenal ark. And he's building and building, and they're laughing and laughing. And pretty soon, it becomes a pretty big joke. And Jesus said, right up till it started raining. What's that? There's water coming out. Not a little water, all right? We just went outside a little sprinkling that. No, not like that. Water coming out of the air so intense and so hard you can't see. And it's coming up. It won't take long. It's starting to fill things up, fill things up. Tidal waves come rushing in. It's everywhere. And they're surrounded by water. And they're drowning in there. And Noah, he says, 
condemned the world. Didn't he preach to the world? Didn't he beg them to believe him? He would beg them, here's what's going to happen. God said, ah. He believed God, even though it was really hard to believe. And so he, being afraid, built an ark, saved himself and his family. By doing so, he condemned the world. How did that happen? God has a plan. What's God's plan? He's going to wipe out the human population with the exception of one family. Sounds like a crazy plan. God said it's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wipe out the entire human population with the exception of you, Noah, and your family. And Noah says, I'm in. I agree, I'll build this big old huge thing. It'll take me a hundred years to build it, but I'll build it for a hundred years and when it's done, I hope it floats. <laughs> I'm afraid, I want it to float. And God told him how to do it, how to build it. And uh, so God's plan is we're not gonna destroy the human race entirely. The human race is really evil. He said, and all they think about is violence all the time. Nothing but violence. He preached for 100 years, and how many people believed him? Zero. Nobody. Nobody believed him. Preached for 100 years, made that big old ship, and the animals are walking up and going in the ark, and everybody, look at him. He's got a, nothing but a big old barn. The animals come in, and then he closed the door. God closed the door, and the door shuts, and then it rained. And so faith says, I believe God, what he says about the future. No matter how spectacular it sounds. So open your Bible to Revelations and start reading. Sounds spectacular. Sounds unbelievable. Whole kingdoms falling. All of a sudden, he says, it'll take everything you earn in one week to buy one loaf of bread. And he said, the part of the population will still be drinking wine and living high, but most of the population won't have enough money to buy bread. God said it. I didn't say it. God said that's what's going to happen in the future. And so, what do you think about that? I better, better believe it. Better believe it. And so, when we come to the book of Revelations, we talk about you know, the fall, collapsing of systems and world governments, uh, collapsing of the false church, and rising up of Satan's power to take over and try to condemn the world in his way. There it is. We've been told a spectacular story about the future. Now Noah believed his spectacular story. And because he believed, God saved him on the ark and he was the sole survivor and the rest of the world was condemned because they refused to believe. 
So without faith, you can't please God. You can't live without faith. You've got to trust God in the future, and that's what he says. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Things in the future are yours today. And Noah had this extraordinary example that he lived by faith and did what nobody believed was possible, preached a hundred years and told everybody this unbelievable story. Nobody believed the word of it. And then it, one day it rained. And probably before the week was out, most of them were drowned. I'm sure some of them climbed the highest mountains. And after 40 days, it says that the water was 20 feet over top of the highest mountain. That's a lot of water. That's a huge amount of water. And so, Noah lived by faith. God told him something. It was hard to believe. It was unexplainable because it doesn't rain. <laughs> we can't figure out how that could ever possibly be. God said it was, and it was. So you and I are faced with the same thing. Do you have faith in God for the future? Well, what does he say about the future? Well, he's got it laid out pretty good. Jesus, in that Matthew 24, compares the days of Noah to our days. So they're just not going to believe. They're going to be living their lives and doing what they want and thinking, it's okay. We can do whatever we want. And that's not going to be true. And so we're asked to believe it. And then we're asked to tell people that you need to, you need to listen. And there's a good chance, like Noah, who had nobody believed him, good chance a lot of people won't believe us, too. Right? Is that going to change our minds? We're going to have to believe what God said. Have faith that the future holds what? Disasters, trials, troubles. They're coming. They will come. Right? That's what the Bible promises. God promises through his book, the Bible, all right? So it's a lesson about faith in the future, no matter how unbelievable it sounds, all right? Be ready. If God said it, then it's done. All right, thank you.